you have this great idea and like you have this service to sell, but your audience isn't everybody and you can't write like it. You can't write like you're expecting everybody to see that. So you need to be more specific about it because think of it as one person. And then because there's <laughs> that one person is hundreds, thousands, millions of people around the world who may find you. Welcome to Top of Mind, a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. My next guest is here to help us learn how to use our words to tell people what it is we spend nine hours a day doing. He's a freelance copywriter who's worked with notable brands like Airbnb, Microsoft, and the Home Depot to refine their voice and grab the attention of their ideal customers. Joining me live, Terry Schilling. Thanks a lot for joining me today, man. Yeah, man. I'm so happy to be here, Stuart. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> it's kind of wild, eh? Like when you, when you think about it that, you spend a third of your life working uh, yeah. and yet you have, most people just have such an issue talking about it is what it is they do or they just never finally find a good way of explaining what it is they do. And they think that they're so unique, like, oh, I've got a really technical job or I've got a really yeah. hard to understand work. And yet we still can't do it. Yeah, I, it's it kind of goes back to how success is really subjective where, you know, some people look at it as I need to make this much money, drive this type of car, live here. And this is how I explain what I do. You know what I mean? But then some people are really happy making $60,000 a year running an Etsy shop or their own online store and are really clear on what they do, the impact that they make and can raise a family and super happy. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That kind of sparked me after you said that. It's yeah, yeah. But, but even like you, you. That's a conversation, and that's also an interesting point too. Is when you talk to someone new and you yeah. say, "Hey, what it is? What is it that you do?" Ninety percent right. of the time, people will, will tell you what their day job is. Yeah, it's it's the same common answer where it's just like, "Yeah, I'm a copywriter for so and so agency," or "I'm an account executive for this agency." It goes on and on, and it's kind of a common answer, and it, it can be kind of boring at times. And I think people can dig a little bit deeper and talk about how you help people. And I think it can really like get, catch people off guard in the best way possible. We're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've never really, you know, heard you kind of say that way. For like a copywriter, it could be, you know, I help, it's like I help people find their voice that helps them build a business they love. That's just something slightly different than being like, oh, I'm a copywriter for small business owners. Yeah, exactly. Because when you just say, oh, I do X for Y. Yeah. You you're assuming two things. You're assuming the person knows what an account executive means. Yeah, <laughs> and true. if you're not in the industry, you probably don't know what that title means. You're also assuming you, that the person you're talking to has heard of the company you work for, yeah. which in most cases isn't the true either. So let's go through and talk a little bit about yeah. why you like to start with this exercise as kind of a way to find the voice of an individual or a business, or is this more of a uh, kind of a warm up exercise for copywriting? Yeah, it's definitely, it's a little bit of both, Stuart. I do a lot with, I have like a brand discovery for clients to help understand their tone of voice and more about their brand. But it's also something that I tell other freelancers and creatives, it's an exercise that they can do on their own to help them write this sentence and 
it kind of go into a paragraph exactly how they write what they do. So it could be for your social media bios. It could even be for networking when you're at an event because you can really spark those conversations that get you remembered and can turn into more work or, uh, you know, all these new opportunities, which is always great. But one big question I always love to start with is what do you want to be known for? Imagine you have a friend who is telling you about, you know, Stuart, you have a friend, they're telling you what Stuart does, what is Stuart known for? Like, what's that conversation? Like, what do you want them to say? And it has them think like, well, it, it talk about the impact that they make, how I help certain people. You wouldn't want them to have this typical answer of, you know, he's an account executive for this, for this brand agency. Right. And, it's almost like you're trying to be a, a wingman for your friend and someone's right. like, well, what does he do? And then you have yeah. to, you wouldn't yeah. want to say, oh, he's an account executive. You want to say, oh, he's really fun. And yeah. Okay. That's, a yeah, that's actually it. a really good way to put it is you think of it being in a wingman, like, you know, you're selling this date, you're trying to sell this relationship here and um, think about it in your own words. And I think that's been super impactful. I've had a lot of positive responses and I'm not reinventing the wheel here. It's just, I think some people don't look at that question as kind of a necessary one to when they're really trying to write their bio or write what they do, you know? And I think it's an important topic because we all, a lot of businesses write their own copy. Like we said, they go to networking events, they write their social media profiles, but their about page and their homepage, all this can be used to help grab attention and start to build those relationships with the right people. Yeah, that's, that's great. So let's, let's go through the formula a little bit. So it starts with, Hi, I'm right. Terry. Terry, yeah. And I help with dot, dot, dot. Help is a very specific word there. I, I use that because I want people to think, I keep using this word impact because it just gets so powerful, is the impact that they have like in this world. Because you're more than just your job title. You're more than an account executive. I'm more than a copywriter. You're more than an entrepreneur. You're more than somebody who paints houses right? It's kind of like, what's the benefit of the benefit? You're doing the skill for, I'm sure, which is great. Like I help people write words so they don't have to in a sense. But in the end of the day, I'm helping them grow their business because I can have them speak authentically, you know, to their target audience. So help, I help or work with, you know, we, I want them to kind of have, think about other than like the type of impact that they have with their target audience. Yeah. It's kind of like you're describing the, you want to move away from describing features the same right. way when we write pro like talk about products, you don't want to be talking about how lightweight and portable it is. You right. want to talk about how you can lift it with one hand so that you can hold hands with your kid with the other hand. Yeah. Benefit it's versus the uh, feature. Yeah. yeah. Like what are you actually selling? Like I, I saw something um, like, you know, a hair loss product for men. It's like, yes, they can grow their hair back, which is great. That's the product, but you're selling, you know, think of other ways that other benefits you're selling them kind of getting looked at when they sit at the bar, like more confidence. There's other benefits that, that you can describe. So in that opening sentence, hi, I'm X and I help. What kind of research do you need to do to understand what words to put there? Yeah, great question. When it comes to your ideal customer, just think about really what you're qualified to teach somebody. And so with me, it's like, okay, I, I really have an impact with writing certain words and kind of these techniques to help other entrepreneurs learn this skill. And so I feel qualified to teach that from my experience writing for some of these big brands from doing other research and connecting. And I think that's super important when you feel qualified that you can teach something and then if you can combine it with what you're passionate about, then you can kind of start narrowing who that target audience is. 
So if you're somebody who's really passionate about fitness and staying in great shape, and you know all these things, like you know your macronutrients and you know how to count calories and you're a female and I'm like, okay, I can help other, you know, female busy entrepreneurs or other female moms. You know, you kind of narrow that down. I'm passionate about what I do. These are how I can help other people. And then that's kind of who your target audience is. And then, then you can kind of do some other exercises where you talk about, you know, what's their day look like? When they wake up, what are the challenges that they face that you can help solve? That's one big exercise I do a lot that have, that have my clients kind of write out that's super helpful in me getting clear on who their audience is and even themselves too, figuring out who that is. Yeah. So I think that first sentence is so powerful because you've, you're only telling them who your ideal client is. The two outcomes you can get from that conversation, whether it's in a Twitter bio or you're actually shaking someone's hand in real life is right. they're going to hear you say that sentence and then they're going to click say, oh, that's, he's talking about me. Right. I, I am, I fall into that category or, oh, that's not me, but I'm imagining someone who I do know who is in that category. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and that's a great point too, because it's just like, they may know somebody who may need your help. Right. And that's what the key thing about being so specific is and writing about what you do in such that specific way is because, you know, it comes back to being top of mind for your target audience. And I say this a lot. It's like, you have this great idea and like you have this service to sell, but your audience isn't everybody and you can't write like it. You can't write like you're expecting everybody to see that, hey, they need help with this, right? So you need to be more specific about it because think of it as one person. And then because there's <laughs> that one person is hundreds, thousands, millions of people around the world who may find you. Yeah, right. You appreciate about how quickly it scales if you're just doing mm-hmm. online businesses. Right. One in a million yeah, still means there's <laughs> six and a half thousand people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and you know, it could be multiple people when you do this exercise and write out who your ideal customer is. But again, narrow it down, be specific. You know, I could be focusing on just brick and mortar um, business owners for copywriting. You know, that's very specific niche that you could do. But again, it really helps you. It really helps you write what you do in a genuine, authentic way. It's compelling, interesting, and all these other all these other adjectives that you want to throw out there. So when you're working through that first sentence, still still trying to refine your ideal customer, do you right. have any tips on whether you're being too broad or too niche, or is it even possible to be too niche? Is it possible to be too niche? Good question. I don't I don't think so. I think if the more specific, the better. Like if if you're really passionate about it and you can help that specific group, you know, stick with that and go with it. You know, and because, you know, other people may somewhat fall into that category and really like what you do and write, like how you write, you know, about your services and they may reach out to you. But again, I think the more specific that you can get is definitely helpful. But then I think when you're starting out to kind of go back on that, like if you enjoy a certain skill, think about who your audience is and, you know, start testing that research competitors, research other people in your industry who are doing the same thing and see how they message themselves or like how they offer their service services specifically, you know, and imitate that, tailor that to you. Don't just say completely word for word, this is my structure. I mean, you have your own voice. This is what this is about, but they're showing you that there's a path here, right? So you can definitely use that. And then the more experience you get, the more you may be able to narrow down that niche. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the same way for starting a business as the same as starting with a a line is you need to be as niche as possible so that you can address the people first and then grow afterwards. Yeah. People are constantly pivoting. You just, it's, it's always out there. <laughs> yeah. 
So the second sentence now in, in our intro exercise is now this is where you actually explain how you change the life of your customer for the better. Right. Tell me a little bit about this section. Yeah. Well, this is where, this is where the fun begins, as they say. I mean, this is just really kind of where you dive into what you do that really excites you. That kind of, I'm excited to get up in the morning because I get to help these people achieve something better. Because as consumers, you know, Stuart, we're all looking to have this best version of ourselves, this coolest version of ourselves too. You know, it's why we buy AirPods, why we buy certain clothes, why we trust, you know, Apple brands or Androids, whatever your brand loyalty is. They make us feel better about ourselves and make our day easier. So that's really where this comes into play is how you can change your ideal customer's life for the better. And so if it goes back to our example of being a fitness trainer for female busy entrepreneurs, think about what their day could be like if they have the energy and they find the time to exercise and they feel confident about themselves and they're able to eat healthy and like be, live this life on the go and be able to make smart, healthy eating decisions. You know, think about, you know, the, that type of feeling that they get. What's their day like? Their day like? What's their life going to be like now? And in this sentence, this is where you want to start using kind of uh, verbs that are very specific to the industry or person that you're going after, right? Yeah. Would you, would you want to be testing these verbs with different groups? Like, is this, a, is this sentence where you can kind of adjust it based on who you're talking to? Like, so as an example, if you're at a, at a convention and you know the person you're talking to is in sales, yeah. you would then say, I help people to sell things faster. But yeah. if you know that you're in the next conversation, you're talking to a marketing person, you could kind of switch up that sentence and say, I help people sell their things so that they can decrease their marketing spend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely play around with this. And you know, some of the words that I use as example, like grow, create, achieve. I mean, those things are, you know, really impactful, powerful words of just like, yes, I can have, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. You say to increase. One tool that I definitely recommend and that I use all the time is power thesaurus. And so, you know, you can type in grow, you can type in achieve and find other words that may fit and be like, this is kind of, this is what I would more or less say instead of achieve. And it just kind of gets you uh, thinking differently. And again, I use that all the time on my, on my MacBook. It's so helpful. That tab's always open. It's super helpful. Like, especially when you have writer's block or you're kind of that in that mind frame of like, man, everybody's saying solutions. What can I use? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I find it super helpful and I recommend it to everybody. And I'm doing it here on the show. So here we go. Well, that was uh, very benevolent of you to share that with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have thrown benevolent in there had I not, you not told me about that. So thank you. Yeah, see, exactly. I love cool. it. You're welcome. <laughs> and so then part three of this three-part framework is now you actually tell people what your offer is, what you even do to help them achieve this. Because what I really like about this framework is you've made it all about your ideal customer. You haven't talked yeah. about yourself yet and you're on your third sentence, yeah. which allows them to frame, okay, he's talking about me. Do yeah. I feel this pain? Yes or no? Oh, and he actually has something he can help me with. Yeah. So tell yeah. me a little bit about how you describe what, how specific do you want to get when you're describing your offer? Yeah. Again, try to be as specific as you can in, in the sense of just, like I use it in this exercise, like by delivering 
you know, copywriting services for your websites, for your about page, for email launching campaigns. So you can say copywriting, but again, if you can say, you know, by delivering email automation campaigns that increase revenue and increase open rates, you know, start using that type of language too. And I, I think that's super helpful. You know, you don't want to say by delivering, you know, online fitness classes. It's just like, well, you teach fitness classes, but you know, what else about it? By teaching fitness classes that you can easily fit into your schedule, you can almost bring another benefit into it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so you can, I, and I think that's like a super easy way to think about it. And it's super effective too. I mean, it kind of goes back to the framework of the story brand framework, which is really popular. It talks about to make the customer the hero. And you kind of hear this a lot, like make your, your story is about the customer's journey, you know, make them the hero of that story. And so that's why you start with, of course, you start with, hi, this is my name. You want people to get to know you a little bit, and then they'll get to like you because we're talking about how you can help people, you know, exactly how you achieve that and then the offer that you do. Then they get to trust you, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like the no like trust type of formula as well. And that's kind of really the backbone of what this exercise is all about. And, and again, it's just really help. I think it's just nice to have this type of knowledge and resources here to you know, have a different way to then write again, the same boring answer where I'm, I do this for that company. <laughs> totally. So one pushback that I, I would expect people to have on this is what if you work at a company, you're not, you're not an entrepreneur, you're, you're working at a company yeah, yeah. and you haven't really been given a whole lot of say in what it is you offer. You're in a position, you're in a role and yeah. you need to deal with the brand consistency, the brand message, the, the language that your company is using. How do you do design this for yourself? Is it, is it still the same, the same technique, but you kind of sprinkle in a little bit of understanding about what your company does? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it there. And yeah, I've, I have come across this a lot and it's a big thing too, that I, I talk to people. It's like, even if you work for a company and if you have this role, like I'm a social media manager for blank, I mean, again, there's more than what you do than just say, I'm a social media manager. It's like, what do you do for the brands that you work with? How do you help them? You grow a following, you grow a fan base for them. That could even be something that is, you know, could be a really big benefit for that client and, you know, and help them make money through paid ads and help them kind of increase conversions. But there's more to it. Think of like the big emotional impact that you make here, you know, again. And I think it's something that maybe you try to talk to your company about. And being like, can I get a little bit more descriptive in this? Especially if you're talking about like, let's say your LinkedIn profile, or if you have your, you know, if you're introducing yourself to people and networking, definitely say that you work for this company, but say, but say what you do in a more interesting way. And that's what this exercise is about. One other pushback, and then we can uh, kind of move on, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. Oh yeah, man. What if your company just has tons of products and you serve a whole bunch of different industries? Like that's something I hear too, is if you, if you've got one say you've got a tool, but that tool is, is relevant in six or seven industries and yeah. multiple applications for each one. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think it's, I think it's just really then maybe you get more specific about what the tool does in the sense of it just makes life easier for maybe specific people that the tool is used for. I hope that helps answer the question. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the best way to answer it. Because that's a really good point. If you have multiple, if you have multiple products that your that your company has, I won't say it's more difficult, but I think there's still a possibility then just to say 
than not use the common answer. Yeah, I think I think that's just the there's there's no right or wrong, which is the way with copywriting right. is that it's it's very subjective. Right. Obviously, there's measurements that come with it. You can see your results based on the the change in words, but it's really about you putting yourself in the shoes of your client and that's saying, are they going to understand what I'm saying here? Do they like what I'm right. what they're reading? Is this right? You said something interesting there about putting in emotion, like emotional benefits yeah. in your copy, which a lot of cut and dry companies aren't doing. They're just, they're, they're making it boring almost by design. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a problem I see all the time. I think they just get in their own heads and maybe they're just clearly overthinking it and say, I need to be so tangible about what I do. Like, what is this? How does this work? Try to sound fancy, but I mean, think about how you're having just having a real conversation with somebody. I mean, even if you're in B2B, B2C, it's just like these are like a sales a sales call or anytime you're trying to make a sale, it's just a, it's a conversation. So have mm -hmm. that with people. You can do that in your writing. You know, it kind of goes back to write like you talk. Big thing I like to tell people. I mean, it's it's something I guess everybody thinks about, but they don't implement it all the time, clearly. But yeah, if you use slang a little bit, you slang in your copy. You know, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to, you know, have some fun with it, have a joke, because people can relate to that. And it goes back to that emotional connection, especially today's buyers. I mean, more of like the Gen Z millennials, they're more experience based. And so they want to have like the brand loyalty is more about, you know, positive impact and positive influence. It's why so many social enterprises are coming up and they use a lot of that conversational casual language than, you know, the technical, the technical thing we've seen from websites for so long. Right. And you, there is room for technical stuff, but it's totally. further down yeah. the experience, right? If you're writing yes. just yeah. copy and for social media or for ads or for landing pages, make it conversational so that people are, want to engage with the conversation. Then once they're more warmed up and, you under, and you've actually been able to qualify them, that's like, of course you need the technical language because you need to make sure that there's a technical fit in a lot of cases. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right. Because, I mean, that top of fold on your website, you know, your headline, you just have a couple seconds to get their attention. And so if you say something like social media solutions for your business, I mean, that's like almost everything that I would hear. It's like, okay, yes, but like you're, you're not really hitting any like nerves. You're making them think differently. You're not challenging themselves there like with that, like, like with that message at all. So I think there's definitely room to be more creative and, you know, use the language that you would talk to, you know, if you're the wingman, as you said, I feel like I might use that now, man. I'm going to oh, use it's all yours. my marketing. No, it's, it, I love it. Take that. That's yours. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That works. That, that, that moves nicely into the next topic I want to talk to you about, which is oh, developing a brand voice because yes, we've got the, that one liner now. How do you build a full brand voice from that? exercise if that's possible yeah no excellent question and it kind of goes back into just thinking about that target audience and doing some more research on, on them and seeing kind of where they spend their time and reading online reviews too from them and from your competitors because then you can kind of see what type of customer language they use like read the good ones read the bad ones and kind of get an idea of you know what they're saying and how they're talking about your product what what problems arise from those competitors maybe you can find like a weakness in right that you can that you can take advantage of and then it just kind of goes back into writing about the personality coming up with some characteristics of what you want to be 
and then coming up with scenarios of how you would talk to customers in this situation. So when somebody, you know, when I'm helping a customer, when, you know, when a customer has a problem, you know, how are you going to approach that? You know, and like, you could obviously be very technical. I see a lot of guides like this where they're just like, oh, well, we approach the customer and say, oh, we're deeply sorry. And I mean, if, I mean, that can work, but these internal exercises are important just to get more comfortable with how you write. And if it's just more casual and it's more conversation, it feels natural, it's going to show. And I think you'll see that you're going to develop more genuine relationships as well. Should a company have one copywriter? Like, or, or one editor that kind of, you know, magazines have an editor in chief yeah. <laughs> that makes sure that the tone matches, even though they have dozens, yeah. hundreds, even contributors. It always helps. Yeah, it always helps to have a talented copywriter on your staff. And I think it's just a big thing. And it's something that I work with clients on is this brand messaging guidelines, because I think that internal like messaging is so important of like, what's the personality, the tone of voice, what's our mission statement, positioning statement you know, who's our customer avatar. I think having that internally is just great because then it can just translate to all these different social media channels. But then as you grow and you onboard people, that can be your document to give them and be like, here's how we talk. If you're going to be on social media, here's some of the scenarios that happen. Here's how we can talk. We have a little fun. We're witty, but we're always have empathy for our customers. We're not brash. You know, a lot of clients are different. You see Wendy's who are just going after other brands on, on Twitter. If a lot of viewers have seen that, but some people are a little bit more authoritative and, and some people are just more, you know, soft and warm with their messaging too. Is it a matter of understanding where you want to be as a brand voice in the future and just starting today? Because Wendy's as in that example, yeah, they, they're, they've gone yeah. very much on the casual side in certain channels. Like I think that's a Twitter specific thing. Like they're Wendy's copy on their TV ads aren't that casual. Yeah. But yeah. all of a sudden you're on Twitter and it's like very, very casual. They're using all the, the newest slang. They're going after all the current affairs. They just did. They just started that. Like, or maybe they saw some, some opportunity yeah. in the market to, to kind of gain that. that. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know this obviously for sure, but I just assume that they did a little bit of research on their customers and what they're saying about them on Twitter and then just decided to go that route. And you can a hundred percent kind of have, different tones for different mediums, because if that's how your customers speak, that's great. But I think it always kind of goes back to the underlying foundation for them of just kind of like, you know, quality ingredients, if you will, quality ingredients, quality customer service. But of course they have a little more fun with it on social media. Talk to me about tone a little bit. I guess you can deliver the same message with yeah. different tones, right? Yeah. What do you think about when you're when you're putting together? Say, say I'm requesting a a pamphlet and it's educational. There's a few headlines and then there's an offer at the end. Yeah. How would you figure out what tone you should be using in that in that situation? Yeah. So I, it kind of it goes back to those exercises where you're figuring out who your target audience is and how they speak, and then. Of course, what's great too with like direct mail pieces, and if you're doing A-B testing, you can always test. But to kind of go back, when you're talking about tone of voice, it's just something that that really naturally just sounds like you. And I think you can have, I think it's important to come up with different scenarios of, you know, of how you're dealing with customers and what that tone is going to be. And so are you always helpful? And then, you, you know, you could be ambitious. Again, I talked about empathetic as well. You know, writing with empathy is always important too. 
but I mean, if that's kind of the outlying foundation is like, we're writing with empathy, then you kind of talk about, here's the problem that I'm helping them solve. And here's the, and here's the solution. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and when you say writing with empathy, does that mean you use verbs that are about them or about, are they, are they more emotionally driven? Is that how yeah, you Yeah, it's them? really about, it's really about the customer and it kind of comes back to the formula of like, you know, what's the problem? What's their pain point? Like, I understand you. I'm listening to you, you know, and you kind of touched, I feel like you referenced this when we were talking about the write what you do exercise is like, if you see something like, okay, that's it. That's who I am that they understand me. They're talking to me here. Like I am that customer. You know, that's a big goal for copywriting. If you can get them to think like, okay, we're talking to them. They clearly have an understanding of what's going on with me. I faced this problem before. It's like, okay, now let's see if I can trust these people. Here's our solution. Here's what we're doing differently. Here's how you can think differently to solve this problem, what we're offering you. One thing that I've noticed in when I'm putting together some copy is I feel like I'm getting repetitive almost. If yeah. you're, if you're, if you've done a, I'm assuming if you've done a good job to nail down who you're talking to and what you can offer them, yeah, you will be repetitive and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. But as the, as the person who's actually writing it, you're just like, Oh my God, am I really going to say that benefit one more time? <laughs> yeah, man. It's something that I go through a lot and like I catch in editing, even sometimes a, a few word changes can be helpful. Um, but again, man, if it's like the one big pain point that you're helping them solve, then it's resonating with people. It's like find new ways to kind of talk about that in different ads. And if it's on your website, you know, you don't have to, you don't, don't try to be, don't try to be so repetitive there. I think there's more room to not be repetitive, but you can hit multiple pain points. But again, other marketing channels, you may have that same one that you'll write about. So I think it's easy to get in your head as a business owner or a copywriter, but your audience may not, may not see it that way. Yeah. And you, you're the one who's seeing it every single day on the channel. Oh, so yeah. you're like, Oh my God, we're so repetitive. Yeah. But you have to remember that if you're only, if you're <laughs> posting online, people are probably mm -hmm. only seeing that for half a second every yeah. Th other day. Yeah. I like, honestly, when I write emails and sometimes when I have things on my website, like, or even on LinkedIn, it's just like, I help people take the ideas in their head and craft that into a voice that helps inspire people to take action, you know? And I think I write a lot of that message and I, I see people kind of come up to me. He's like, Terry, I saw this. And it's just like, hmm, what you said there really hit with me. And you know, I'd love to, I'd love your help because we do have all these ideas and we want to get clear on our message. Like we want to clarify all these things that, so we can speak to our audience. And so I use that a lot, but again, I may frame it a little differently and I know I see it a lot and be like, should I change it? But you know, if it's working and if it's resonating with people, let's stick with that foundation. Yeah, I heard, I don't remember where it was, but someone said, if it feels like you're being too repetitive with your messaging, it means you've done a good job actually understanding what you're doing and yeah. then go for a year or two longer than you think you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't always have to pivot. And I think what's, what's nice too, if you kind of have this framework of what you do, you know, so for example, like if, like if you write website copy, if you have like the five golden rules to write a website that converts, like kind of run with that. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what you're about. Have it on your profile, have a landing mat or have a lead magnet that people can download. Go with that, you know, let that marinate for a while. And then you can adjust to see what other needs are for your customers. 
But again, don't just think it's like, well, man, I'm promoting this thing everywhere. But it's, again, the more you do it and the more consistent you are, let's go back to the name of this podcast, the more top of mind you are, right? And so people are just like, man, I like, I need, like, yeah, I found this guy. So like, yeah, they can help me. Or like, I know somebody like, oh, they need a copywriter. I know Terry because I've seen his videos. I've seen that he writes websites. Let me, let them, let them talk to him. You need to remind people thousands of times before they, <laughs> they need to associate you. And that's kind of what I've, what I've yeah. been hoping to, to kind of get from this conversation is yeah. there's nothing wrong with being hyper niche and making all your messaging no. about that because then in your in in everyone who interacts with your brand's mind you're the only one like you've created a category for yourself no matter how small yep. or large it is and category creation is something that I'm going to be speaking with some people in the future about great in that in that sense that's where you're going huge and you want to try and create a new category so they can get away from your com- competition but it also right. works the opposite where if you've you niche yourself so tight You've then created like a micro category. Yeah. You can become the best freelance copywriter in a specific neighborhood of Chicago for, <laughs> right. for health, yeah. female yeah. health entrepreneurs. Yeah, exactly. You really can be. And it's interesting. I focus a lot on website copy and brand messaging. And so that's kind of my niche. And I work with a variety of industries. So it's not completely narrowed down where I only work with, let's say, you know, like I said, brick and mortar stores. Like that's not it. Like I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and other online businesses, sometimes work with agencies and their big brands who like outsource me for some client work. But it kind of comes back to that foundation of helping people find, you know, the right tone and write about what they do in a unique way. And I think a lot of that with the brand messaging can translate into the website, like on their homepage, into their about story. And again, I think it comes with time. I mean, this, when I started, I did so many different things with writing when I started my freelance career. So you'll definitely learn along the way. As someone who writes all day for work, do you still uh, enjoy writing, creative writing? uh, Yeah, I do. It's so funny. And now that I'm like, I kind of run my own business, if you will. It's just like some days it feels like I barely do any copywriting. I'm doing like more admin things. So it's a good sign of growth, of course. But one goal this year definitely is to get more creative writing, to write more blog posts for my site. I just did a, a guest blog post for somebody just to kind of continue to write about what I learned. I find video and audio is a little easier to just pump out that medium and that content. But again, it's, it's fun to kind of write creatively and, you know, write things in kind of like my own type of wit and have some fun with it and attract some other people that way too. Yeah. Well, the reality of it is, and you do a ton of video, which is awesome. And, yeah. and again, like the conversation is, is easier than writing in a, for a lot of people. Yeah. But you also need to get the people's attention to unmute the video and listen to what it is you have to say. And that is still yeah, man, written copy. Point. Yeah. Social media captions, you know, copywriting again for, the, for your website, for your sales page, for your emails. It's like, even if you have a video in there, you can't put a video in the subject line. You know what I mean? So, exactly. you know, there's, you've got to have compelling copy that, you know, again, speaks to your audience and just, you start building that trust and you start building that awareness that way. You can't, you can't overlook your writing. It's like the oldest medium. It's like people reading books. And then, you know, I feel like even quotes from Ogilvy, like they, like Ogilvy, like one of the best advertisers out there, like most renowned. I mean, some of his stuff can still resonate for hundreds, two hundreds of years. Yeah. I mean, he's not that old. I'm just saying, as we keep going, you know, people are still going to resonate with those things. Yeah, they were trying to grab people's attention in newspapers. Now they're trying to grab 
attention in news feeds. It's the same yeah. thing, just yeah, just smaller font. Yeah, I say it. I mean, I, I've said it before. You can have this great idea, but if you can't communicate it, I mean, and that's even if you do video and when you're writing it on your website or any other type of content, you kind of need you need to know how to communicate that clearly, you know, in an interesting way. Otherwise, you're screwed. Otherwise, somebody else is going to have that same idea and beat you because they were able to, you know, write it in a way that resonates. Awesome. And for people to find your, you've written a bunch of great blog posts. The place to find that is uh, terryshillingwrites.com. That's Terry with two R's, Schilling, S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G, writes.com. Yeah, W-R-I-T-E-S. So not like copyright. Sometimes people say like, oh, do you work in law? Like you work with copyright law? That's interesting. I have a, you know, art company has a team that does that. I'm like, oh, that's not what I do. So like now I have to kind of be like, oh, I do things copy in like. copyrights, R-I-G-H-T-S. Yeah, yeah. So I have to sometimes just say I'm a copywriter, <laughs> so I'm in marketing and advertising. That, yeah. That exercise was super helpful. Um, yeah. And again, like tell people who you are, what yeah. you do. Yeah. What you can do for them. Right. And then how you do that. I have this free guide on my website that we kind of went through here that you guys can download if you go to it. It's the how to write about what you do for a living. And it kind of has this, you know, three-step guide in there. And then it has the do-it-yourself worksheet to help you kind of write it on your own, like your own introduction. So yeah. help I appreciate people. you going through that too, man. Awesome, Terry. Thanks a lot, man. That's been great. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Cool. Cheers. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, then you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to topofmind.substack.com and put in your email, you can get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content inspired by this show. So there's going to be candid audio recordings that aren't going to be available anywhere else, not on Spotify, not on Apple, nowhere else except on topofmind.substack.com. But that's not it. It's also a platform where I can share written content, videos, links, and anything else that I come across directly with you. You're going to get access to it right away. You're going to get access to the whole library of archived posts. And you're also going to be the first to be notified when a new episode of Top of Mind comes out. So head on over to topofmind.substack.com. See you there. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.